Okay, honesty. It's one of those honesty days. Honesty days of discombobbled nature. What do I have to say about that? I have to say that I have a lot of things to be grateful for. Like, a lot. Like, over the moon a lot. Like, I, I, I could go on for like six hours plus about all the different things that I'm grateful for. Because clearly there's a lot, right? There's everything to do with how I've been feeling like prompted to have a reason to learn math, right? Like I started a whole book club, so I have a 12 month study of math through entrepreneurship and business learning and the accounting game, Lemonade Stand and all of that kind of stuff, right? Because like my brain is not natural to think of those things. Like the only reason that I've been so keen to want to learn math all these years is because I'm so bad at it, right? Like, I'm not, like, naturally that way. Like, I took, like, the QMon math program, and, you know, like, I did all the Mad Minute kind of stuff because I was in it. I was kind of in the singing thing, but not really. And, like, you know, like, every time I'm kind of doing, like, music, I'm kind of somewhat there, but not really. It's not, like, one of those natural things that I actually think about when I don't have to think about it, right? It's not, like... Every other second, I'm, like, planning out my next mitlighter garden, right? Because it's not actually one of those, like, things that I do that is, like, oh, yeah, like, if I had a vacation, like, if I actually had a retreat experience, I would make sure that every second was a math retreat experience, right? But I, I like to think that I have somewhat of a good attitude about learning things that are difficult and hard and that way for me because that's kind of the way that I was raised. I was raised with like an immigrant parents that kind of always set that example for me. Basically like you do whatever you need to do to make it work, right? That was kind of the general matter in the home. It was like they would work like 12 to 16 hour days all the time because that's what needed to happen as an immigrant parent to be able to make it so they had oranges in the fridge when they wanted oranges in the fridge, right? When they, they could always just go out and get some more milk or whatever they wanted to do, right? But yet that was still a struggle for them, right? And so like me as this child was always just like self-entitled, right? I was always just like miffed that we didn't get to eat the same foods that my friends got to eat, right? We always had like the more like basic like no-name brand version of whatever, right? And, and that, or it was always like goop. It was always like like Chinese goop. Like whatever my mom could find in the in the pantry, she would make it into some kind of edible form. And thankfully, I had somewhat of a childlike wonder in whatever my mom would make. So I wasn't really like a food complainer, you know, because I knew that if I didn't want to eat it, I would just eat more crackers or something or eat more candy or whatever, right? But you know, like in some ways I could always tell the difference. I was always like craving all her vegetables and stuff because I was always completely famished of like any other nutrition because I was always like, like candy and like crackers were so liberal that I was always feeling sick from them, like constantly. So whenever she would offer vegetables, it was always like, oh my goodness, please. Like, I have no idea how to make vegetables good tasting at all so I will take anything that you have right and but at the same time it was kind of this like no guff mantra at in the home too it was like this idea of like well this is what's available so like if you don't eat it then you just don't eat right like it was kind of like that too um 
but in the in a very like quiet, subtle kind of way. Like my parents were never upfront about anything. They were never upfront or like. You know, like, I think they were conflict avoidant, like the way I am, um, uh, until they exploded, right? <laughs> until I would explode. You know, like, we're all just kind of that way. Um, and, you know, like, so I kind of was raised with this kind of mantra. And so it was a no-brainer when I was, like, presented different things at school. Like, I would just run with it because it was like, I almost had this old constant sense, like, oh, well, this is my only chance. My parents have no clue. They have no clue how to help me get to a place of success or happiness in life or anything. So I need to be dependent on anything the teachers say. And whatever they say is going to give me success or give me a better future in the next 10 years, I will follow it to the T. Right? Like I was, I had this like kind of like positive type-ish idea about them. Be, almost like I knew that they were called to me to guide me through this life for the next, I don't know, 12 years or something like that, right? I just knew it intrinsically. I was like, they are it. They are the ones that are going to help me out of this rut that otherwise I'm just going to end up on the streets. I will end up living on the streets and dying a, a, an early death because I will not be educated enough or I will not know how to be street smart or I will not know enough to be able to keep me sustained, right? Like, especially because I never had any connections with any community at all, right? Like my parents were super like introverted, um, like not social with anyone. They never invited anybody into their, our home. And like, so I knew that the teachers were my only source of socializing with anybody or being a part of any kind of community or those kinds of things. So I was super dependent on that life and it was it was kind of tricky because it's like yes there was the good stuff right there were i had beautiful people you know in those environments there were great teachers there were great you know clubs that they would create there was great like teachers that would sacrifice their time to make like sports clubs and all of these other club stuff right and then like you know and then i had other aunts and stuff that would help me set up myself to be a volunteer like every week to volunteer for different places and stuff and so, like, seriously, I was super set up for such a great opportunity, right? And so I guess I'm just, like, processing all of that because every so often I get so bogged down. It's just, like, I feel like my life is a mistake, like, often. Like, especially when I was growing up, I always felt like I was, like, the last kid, you know, like, my parents had me, like, five years later, so that really meant that I was just a mistake, and I shouldn't have been there, and, like, all of those kinds of pent-up feelings, because I just always felt that loss of, like, man, like, I feel like I'm not where I should be, or, like, there's something wrong, right? And, and maybe there was. Maybe I had a learning disability. Maybe I had, like other things going on but that because there wasn't like there was the language barrier between my parents and the school or and myself and all these things that we could never really talk about it right there was no words to explain what was going on how I was feeling and I didn't really have permission to either and you know there was a lot of this space of like no permission you're not allowed to have a voice kind of feel right and even if you do, it's too much of a burden for everybody else to hear what your voice has to say because there's nothing we can do about it kind of thing, right? Like, so it was just this, this constant space of, like, no communication, right? And so maybe that's why I have such a big voice today because <laughs> it's, like, all the pent-up, pent like, 
um, communication that I never got to have growing up that I finally feel permission to say and, and have a voice to now. But anyways, like, I don't even know how I got on this topic. Oh, I was talking about what I'm grateful for because, um, yeah, like, because I was talking about the math thing, right? How it's like, oh, what I was talking about, I remember. Okay, so I was talking about how I am not natural to learn mathy stuff, right? That's why I created a book club with like 12 business books for me to study this month, this year, for me to just start getting back into that kind of groove of wanting to be curious about that because I know the value of it. I logically and intellectually, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Math has a place in every subject, every field. It's completely useful and completely critical. And it, I, and I need mathy people to be on my team. I recognize the balance of my business right now. I've created a business where it's like, yeah, we have a high quick start. We have a high implementer. We have like kind of a mathy kind of a person on board, but there still needs to be some education there to know how to apply that kind of mathy um, perspective into how to serve people and how to organize things and all of that kind of thing. So anyways, like I'm taking the time to like find these books so that I can be like, oh yeah, like we can do this. We can learn how to do this. And so that's kind of like where I'm at right now. I'm kind of in the space of like finding my, um, finding that inner resolve of my why basically. That's like the next business book we're reading, like start with why. So that I can get into that space of being like, it's not about choosing to, to learn something because it's easy. It's about choosing to learn it because it's my turn to learn that thing. Like that's kind of the thing that I'm, I'm, get, I'm gauging with myself about this. It's, it, and that's, that to me has been really important for me to gain a testimony of. It's like, is, is recognizing my turn to learn something and, and to, um, I don't know, make the best of it, like turn lemons into lemonade. Because I think in the past I used to, I used to get very caught up with, uh, well, first of all, the whole school environment for me, mostly growing up, was really just all about social peer pressures dynamics, right? It wasn't anything to do with learning. It wasn't anything to do with life mission. It was just, you knew that you weren't gonna be around your parents, so you might as well be around your friends. And then, and but the whole environment was so messed up because it's like all these kids together in the same space that are so immature are not respectful to these teachers. They just abuse them all day long. It becomes this culture where all the kids are bullying the teachers all day long, and the teachers have no rights, basically. And so you just get so sad for these teachers that, that are supposed to somehow be responsible for all these really immature, bully, mean kids that totally take advantage of their right as a child to be, you know, respectful, but they don't. They, they just constantly keep egging on these teachers and keep making it so these teachers are just so stressed. Um, it's not always the case, but it tends to become the case um, because like the teachers just don't have a lot of support. Um, but they're such kind souls. That's the other thing. It's like there are these uh, beautiful people that have chosen this life calling to be around little people 
who who will abuse them, who will be disrespectful, who will, you know, choose to take advantage of them and be, you know, self-entitled and all this. And they'll do it day in and day out and be so committed, right? Like those are the kind of teachers I remember, right? The ones that were just so committed to just keep trying and keep like recreating different assignments for their students to see if they could somehow find a way to help inspire them to want to understand why what they're sharing with those students actually has worth for them to learn, even in the beginning stages of learning that thing, so that by the time 10 years later, when it comes up again, they will have some level of literacy with that term or that concept so that they can grapple it and be like, oh yeah, I totally know what that is. Like for example, with me becoming like bilingual and having like French and English, at the time, it was like this huge struggle. Like I was constantly crying and I was just like having the hardest time learning this thing for like six years, right? Similar to how some professional musicianists become professional musicians. It takes them at least five to six years before they actually even get to the point of, oh, I actually like this, right? It takes five to six years of being like, I hate this, but I have something inside of me that's telling me that this is a great opportunity for me to just keep taking advantage of because I don't know when it's gonna come again. I don't know if I'm still gonna have this opportunity 10 years from now. And I'm glad that I took it because honestly, I only had that time for the next six years between the ages of 12 and 18 to learn French then in an immersion environment, right? So that I could actually learn the language. Whereas any other season of my life, I've just never been able to do that again. But what I love about it is that I was able to gain some awareness of it. And it wasn't that I became uberly proficient. Like I never really actually became uberly proficient at anything, right? If I could say I'm really good at one thing, maybe I could say I'm kind of proficient at teaching yoga or maybe kind of proficient at taking like babies from birth to like age four and, and, and letting them dwell in this beautiful zone of like wonder and play and those kinds of things, right? And like reading out loud to people, like especially kids and stuff, right? And, and playing like laughing games and those kinds of things. Like if I could say I'm somewhat proficient in anything, maybe I could say I'm somewhat proficient in those things. And maybe somewhat proficient in making some kind of vegan, like gluten-free, sugar-free kind of things, right? But like, you know, like, so then I did the French thing and, and that paused for a bit. And then now in my life now, it's kind of nice to be able to go and look at anything. And if I don't have the option to read the English version of something, I can look at the French and I can totally pick it up and be like, yeah, I know what they were asking me to do. I know what that instruction is saying. And I, it, like, there's some kind of special freedom that comes when a person knows enough, has enough literacy in different languages or in different fields of knowledge that like you can enter into any space or situation with any people of any age, of any ethnicity, of any like intellectual background of anything, and you can feel so comfortable. You can feel totally confident in who you are, in what you know, in what they know, and, and have this very deep underlying respect and understanding for them, not just because of like cultural experience things, but because I've I or you or anybody has taken the time to learn, right? Taking the time to learn about them and their background and who they are and, and stories that, that are connected with them. Like, it's all about this context thing, right? I feel like I, I hit a lot on like, you know, my background experience with going through public school or, or different poor experiences I have. But I think one thing that did get nailed 
nailed in that I feel like was a good thing was I was able to gain some level of context that they were able to give to me, right? Like, of here are some topics and here are some things that I know about these topics and here are some things that, yes, the government says like, hey, here are things that we wanna test you on, whatever, um, just so that we have an assurance that the people in our, you know, in our land know these things generally, right? Um, yes, I don't totally agree with the method that they went about in like doing it, but I really do think that everybody actually is doing the very best that they know how with what they know, right? Not everyone can know everything, right? Everything about how to best deliver this, that, or the other. Everything about how to, you know, approach a person and to know that when you are with a human being face to face, the first thing that you do with them is not to ask them like what they know about this, that, or the other. The first thing is to ask Heavenly Father, like what, like is to actually be prayerful before you even meet that person. Be like, Heavenly Father, like I'm about to see this person. What is it that you want me to do? Or, or like, I have these things of my experience and education, and I recognize that I have this person coming to see me. And so because they're coming to see me, like, please help me have some insight into what their mission is, what, what you see them doing in 10 to 20 to eternal years, and how my place in their life at this exact moment can be a blessing to them even in the next 30 minutes, even in the next five minutes, even in one simple moment and conversation that I can have with them because it might be my last one with them, right? And and to really like, like squeeze out the most lemonade from any experience as possible, right? And I just feel like sometimes people just get so caught up in these systems, in the rigidity of like routines and all these things that they lose sight, you know? I have this one situation with, with one group, I can't really say, but basically it's like their, their people are so stressed out, right? Like they're so stressed out of their minds because they have this expectation in the structure that they've set up there where they think that they don't measure up and they don't have certain freedoms because they're not choosing to um, perform in a certain way. And to me, that's super messed up, like in itself already. But then it's extra messed up because it's actually showing up in the way that they communicate. When they say things like, oh yeah, like, and, and it's all the darkness, right? When they talk to me and they say things like all the things under the line, you know, everything that's low vibration, everything that basically is, is going into a direction where they're in Satan's care, right? Like they're, they're wrapped up in Satan's lair. And, and it's just like, this is not okay. This is not okay for us to put expectations on people so that it's pushing them away from light and truth, basically, because for the sake of following a system, for the sake of getting a certificate, for the sake of getting a diploma, and all of those kinds of things, right? Like, we can do those things. Like, this is not what education is about. Education is about helping us become more like Christ, like to become the people that we decided and promised that we would become when before we came to this earth, right? Like before we received a body. Education is about finding our, our pre-mortal checklist of bucket list items we wanted to do before we left this life, right? Maybe some of us actually did have on our list, oh yeah, I totally want to get my high school diploma. I want to get a degree. I want, you know, all of those kinds of things because potentially 
they would need those things for specific areas that they would serve, right? I have yet to meet a doctor or a dentist or, you know, other people in those specific types of expertise type of um, um, services that that hasn't gotten those like specific numbers and letters behind their name, right? Because that's just the way that our society has built those things, right? Um, nonetheless, that's North America, right? Like maybe if we lived in a different country, they would have a different system, right? Like for sure, right? But because like this is the country that I have been raised in and this is the way that it works in our society, then it's like, okay, that makes sense, right? And I'm so grateful that like after, you know, after I received my piece of paper that like somebody stamped and signed their name and like approved that I took this many tests and I got this many marks on this and that so that I get this like lo and behold like glorious thing that people said would be glorious to have this thing that says my name and high school diploma, whatever, um, that I was able to be exposed to something even grander, right? Even greater than that, thankfully, right? Because if I had just left that experience and just gotten that, I would have been so, so deeply depressed and been like, are you kidding me? You're telling me that I spent boatloads, like five hours a day, at least, usually seven hours a day studying to be able to get to this point, to get this piece of paper for the last six years, right? So that's like 365 days times like five, let's just say. And that's like 1,500 hours times six. So that's like 6,000 hours to get this piece of paper, right? You're telling me that that's it, right? Like you just go on your way and now you have your paper. Now you don't get to be a part of this community anymore because you're kicked out because you're too old, right? And I was just always just like, this is messed up. This is not the, the system that I want to support moving forward. I want for people, like especially after I was exposed to like leadership education style of everything and exposed to other friends who are, you know, becoming educated so they can become a principal and be able to start the schools that they would, would have wanted to have. And being around these networks of people, it's been really fun to just play with the idea, well, what if it was different? What if it was so much better, like beyond the dreams of anybody that exists right now, right? So that we can be creating an educational system that is for the next generation, right? What if it was actually built in a way that was helping people to not just be like within a system for 12 years and then booted out because they became that age, but what if we could have like a culture of learning or a community of learning, right? Where it's like, I, I've been dreaming up this like, this like refugee learning like um, center, like for the longest time. It's like, we have this like manor, this like mansion thing, like in our little town. And it's always been for sale ever since I've been here and before. And I've always been dreaming it up. It's like, oh, if I had that thing and it was in my possession, I would like knock out all the walls and rebuild and reconstruct and everything. And it would become this like ultimate, like, like, ultimate everything center, right? Kind of like in the other place that I live, they would have this like science center feel, right? But it wouldn't just be science. It would be everything center, right? So that everybody that, you know, went through any kind of system, because like I love, why would I even think of that? Because like I actually do believe in the power of education. Like I actually do. It, it comes across a lot of the time that I actually don't care anything about it because I believe that there's different focuses at different ages and stages in our phases of learning according to our human development as a human being, right?
when we're in that stage of like zero to eight zone, we're all about the play, right? All about the play and the work and the relationships and, you know, like understanding family history and understanding like all of those things, right? And, and understanding the context of how all of those things work together. Kind of like what we just studied in the last Come Follow Me. It's all about family proclamation of the world. Basically, that's what it is. The curriculum for ages zero to eight is the family proclamation of the world. It's all about foundations on Jesus Christ and respect and love and playing and working and like all of that kind of stuff, compassion, like faith, all of that, right? It's a beautiful system. Like I wouldn't mess with that. I don't want to mess with it anymore, right? It's like I, I just am constantly back and forth with this thing of like being in the system, not in the system, those kinds of things. And then like in the next phase of learning is like it's that it's that excitement space, right? Where it's like you you understand and you have context of, of how the world works, basically. How your internal world works, how your outer world works, how do your how your eternal world works. And then by the time you're in that like, you know, and when I say these ages like birth to age eight or eight to twelve, those kinds of things, I'm not actually saying those ages specifically for people. Because there's a lot of people that never got to experience these things when they were those ages. So they're kind of in that phase of like midlife crisis, but that's okay because we all are, right? We're all trying to reparent ourselves according to what actually makes the most sense for helping us to be a well, like a balanced person moving forward with our lives, right? And so like some people might be 40 years old and they're still in that core phase or they're still in the love of learning phase, right? It's It doesn't matter what the age specifically, but I'm just saying like generally right now, just as like a gradual like explanation. So then there's the love of learning phase where it's like, oh, well like this is the excitement phase. Like it actually is because it's that time where you're grounded enough in what you know and who you are and those kinds of things, but like, but you're not necessarily in the phase where you have enough of the attention span or the grit or the, um, like hardcore implementation type of like energy that like happens when a person is in that 12 to 18 phase, you know? And so like they're kind of in that in-between beautiful phase where things can just be fun, right? You can go and learn how to paint this or do that. Like you can go and like learn about this or that. Like you can go on so many different kinds of adventures and things. And it's so funny because like growing up, you know, I remember that phase being one of my favorite phases. Maybe that's why I like that phase so much because that was the phase that I was struggling so much with and I was having such a hard time because there was so much emptiness in my life in that phase of my life, but there was people in my life that would pull me up out of my emptiness and be like, oh, hey, shoo off and come come to this hiking thing or oh, shoo off and go to the skiing thing and shoo off and go try out this karate thing and shoo off and join this like singing choir thing and shoo off and go be in this math club thing and shoo off and now learn piano and now shoo off and learn this long division math multiplication and become this like multiplication expert thing or oh hey now let's like try and um write a book report and oh let's try to read books and like you know like there was people in my life that like would pull me out of that despair zone that i was in and i was so grateful for it because i actually had no ideas i was like i was just in this abyss of boredom constantly when I was in that phase but it was like I had people in my life that were supportive 
Like, and it was not like it was constant. It was maybe for like a three month stint within that like three year span, right? But it was enough to allow for me to have some level of like memorability, memorial, like I remember those moments. I remember how I felt when I was that age and I was supported and helped with those things. And, and I was able to get to a, a level of like loving those things, right? And I understand that. I understand how special that age is. And, and so I, I'm not like an expert at it either, right? Like I know how it was with me. I know how it is when I get to be with people one-on-one to be like their like big sister mentor one-on-one with those things. It's like a totally other daunting task to do it as like this like mother, homemaker, wife, like homeschooler, whatever kind of a person and do all these things. Like I'm still at this crossroads space of like, so yes, here's all the intellectual stuff. Yes, here's all the ideals. But then what? Like what is the next action step to be able to work with this, these ideals, right? And I don't even actually have the answers right now. I'm still in that abyss of like, yeah, I'm just processing it. I'm just pondering it. I'm trying to gain information enough so I can be informed enough to then make inspired choices moving forward. And so I'm, I'm in that phase of just learning, just trying out, and we'll keep trying.